John chapter 2. Verse 13, John chapter 2, verse 13. We'll look at Matthew chapter 21 also, just for some reference. John chapter 2, verse 13. You're there, say amen. amen. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it is, was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show us since you do these things? And Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? Yep. Yeah. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of men for he knew what was in man. I doubt we get that far. Heavenly Father, help us. Open your word tonight. But more than that, your word is already anointed. Anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive. Let your word speak into our lives today and we thank you for it. let it change our lives today and we will thank you for it in jesus name amen amen, amen. let's look at matthew 21 real quick matthew 21 Matthew 21, verse 12. When Jesus went to the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves, and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. 
And the blind, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you, have you never read? Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise. And then he left them and went out of the, of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. Sounds the same. Sounds the same. Two different events. Two different events. In John's gospel, we're studying John's gospel, Jesus came from the wedding of Cana, the first miracle. And actually, the cleansing of the temple, he came straight from the wedding of Cana. The next event you see is the cleansing of the temple, which would be his second time he has demonstrated who he is. First time being the, being the water to wine, this time being the cleansing of the temple. Go look at, there's some scholarship out there that's tried to say that it's the same event, but that Matthew has it in the chronology wrong, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not true. It's two separate events. One is at the beginning of his ministry. The second time, which is Matthew's account, is at the close of his ministry. He's on his way. In fact, if you read, the chronology is in Matthew's gospel that it's immediately following the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He was coming into Jerusalem, and then he went out to the city into Bethany. Two separate events. And while it was the literal temple in John chapter 2, we know even by what, how Jesus replied to the Jews that he was, not, he was not completely and only talking about the physical building that they were in. He said, tear down this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. He was literally on his way at that time to the cross. The week of the passion had started. He had made his triumphal entry, and he was, and he was on his way to the cross. Tear down this temple and in three days, I will raise it up again. But the, 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 in John chapter 2, here's, what do you mean the second sign that it's Jesus? That he's the Messiah, that he's the Christ. Because he declared himself this for the first time publicly. When he, he says, when he, when he comes in and he says they found him in the temple and when he had made a whip of cords, etc., he, he, he begins to say, then he says, my father's house shall be called a house of, you have made my father's house a house of merchandise. It was not lost on the Jews. In fact, that's why they asked the question. What was the question? So the Jews answered and said, what sign do you show us since you do these things? What it's literally saying is, who do you think you are? That's what the, the, the question is, who do you think you are? To come into our temple and to drive us out of our own temple. You should notice something. When that Passover was established and throughout the word of God, it says the Passover of God. And by this time, it's called the Passover of the Jews. 
The religious system has taken over. And it's no longer about what it was, it was no longer functioning as it was meant to function. You need to understand something, a little background. About the Great Day of Atonement, you know that the Great Day of Atonement was when one time a year that the high priest went into the Holy of Holies and where they made a sacrifice for the nation of Israel and the blood was applied or poured on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant between the cherubims where the presence of the Lord dwelled, where the presence of God dwelled. Here's what you need to understand, that the Ark of the Covenant by this time had been missing for 600 years. The presence, of, the presence of God was never behind the veil in the second temple. Did it represent the same place? When, when Jesus died, was the veil rent to come into the Holy of Holies? Absolutely. But the, but, the, but the Ark was not there. The mercy seat was not there. There was, there, was no, there was no way for there to be blood applied to the mercy seat because it was lost and remains lost. When Jesus is coming in talking about who he is, yes, he's talking about the temple that he's standing in. They come in and what is going on? It wasn't so much people get up. I had people back in Desark, back where I used to pastor. One time... An evangelist, like y'all know, his name, his initials were Rod Vincent, uh, had, a, had, a, had a table at the back of the church. Or our foyer wasn't big enough to put it out there. And so I let him put it at the back of the sanctuary and had a man get indignant with me because Rod had a table at the back of the uh, church. I thought, get indignant over Rod, not his junk. <laughs> <laughs> watching <laughs> and I said come on man have you are, are, are. well you remember who it was I think so you would know that it would was perfectly appropriate to say are you 80 years old and been in this church for 65 70 years and you don't know that it wouldn't about that that it's not about somebody selling the Bible at the back of the church right. is that really what you see that means the religious system had taken over again You know, the, the, the church, the church, the, the structure, the structure that we're in right now, I believe in honoring what has been dedicated to the Lord. Respect, let's say it this way, respecting what has been dedicated to the Lord. You know, I was raised where you didn't run in this room. Man, it wasn't because God was going to strike you dead or anything. It's because your mama might. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it was just about, well, I mean, it might have just been how, how you behave indoors. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that, but, but you know, we've kind of lost some of that. But I, I'm, I'm going somewhere in that we honor and respect the, the house of God. But let me help you with something. The this, this, this structure... Is not the house of God. This structure is the house of God. When you, when you, whenever you hear Jesus talking about here, he's on his way to the cross. It's still under the old covenant. No, I should stop. 
These books, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are in the new, are in, are books in the New Testament. But Jesus lived his entire earthly ministry under the old covenant. Do you understand that? The new covenant, the new covenant came in his blood, in his death, burial, and resurrection. The gospels, everything that happened up until the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is old covenant. They're in the New Testament. There's a new testimony. But it's under the old covenant. So this was still type and shadow. It's fulfillment. The living word has walked in. The, the word that has been made manifest has walked in. The living flesh of God has walked in. But he still hasn't went to the cross. And so when he's speaking, he's speaking literally about what's going on around him. But he's really speaking to something that's on its way. About you and about me. About how to live for him and what it means and what it looks like. Are you still with me? And why, there, was, there was nothing wrong with people selling animals for a sacrifice. There were hundreds of thousands of people that were coming to Jerusalem that needed a sacrifice. There was nothing wrong with money changers. It was not, that, uh, by the law, there was, it was not allowed any, any money, any currency for the temple tax to come bring your, to come bring your sacrifice could not have any uh, government official other than temple currency. You couldn't, have, you, couldn't, you couldn't give Caesar's image to pay a temple tax. There was nothing wrong with changing the money. The problem was, is where they were doing it and how they were doing it. What they were doing. Like, let's just put it in short. They, we could go through a lot of things. They, they were, well, the easiest way to tell you is they were just ripping people off. The exchange was ridiculous. They were selling people maimed and, 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 uh, uh, faulty sacrifices for exorbitant prices. So, really, what they were doing is they were selling indulgences. What are you talking about? Let's, let's continue a little bit. What was happening is if you had means, you got the best sacrifice and you got the proper sacrifice and, and you could pay. You got the finest bullock. But if you had nothing, you might get a turtle dove with a broken leg or a broken wing, but pay a fortune for it. And you had no choice. And God demanded perfection. And just think about, I think Josephus uh, records that somewhere around a quarter million animals every year were sacrificed at the temple during the Day of Atonement. It was a river of blood. By the way, it's always been a bloody reconciliation. Always. Always. The, 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 high, the, 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 the job of the priesthood was a, was a bloody job. So there have been, it says that they ran the changers and the oxen and the sheep. Now think about where they're at. Supposed to be a clean place, a holy place. I don't know. 
You know, I, I was in band all my life when I was sixth grade through 12th. Concert band, marching band. Marching bands march in parades. And I never, I never one time marched in a parade that we were in front of the horses. We were always behind the horses. I never did put the band in front of the horses. Yeah. So you got hundreds of thousands, you got tens of thousands at least of animals being sold out of the temple and everything that comes with it. By a bunch of con artists, a bunch of religious folks, that literally what is happening is they're in control of who can sacrifice and what they can sacrifice. Yeah. This first time, after the wedding of Cana, when Jesus cleanses the temple, the first time it was a different reason than the second time. The first time was a reformation. The first time he was coming in, calling people back to the blood, calling people back to purity, calling people back when he was really calling them to him, tear down this temple. And I'll raise it up again in three days. It was a reformation. The second time, after the triumphal entry, whenever he comes in and he drives them out again, it is a judgment. It's, uh, the second time was judicial, condemnatory. It was a judgment. The first time he's coming in, beginning his ministry, they, they didn't change. It sounds the same. Jesus made his way to the temple, and when he got there, then the first time, he took and fashioned a whip. The second time, it just says he drove them out. First time, it says he flipped over their tables. Can you, can't you just see them chasing their money as it hits the floor everywhere? Can't you see it? The second time, it sounds very similar, but the first time was a call back to the blood and a call back to the Passover, a call back to, the, to, the, to God's order of, of reconciliation. It was, a, it was a demand for the religion to stop and to come back to the blood. The second time Jesus was pronouncing judgment on his way to the cross. He told him again, tear it down, I'll build it up. And then if you turn a little further in Matthew, you'll read that he begins to describe and he pronounces, he, he, he heals the children that come to him. And the Jews rebuking for that as they always do. When it says the Jews, you understand it's talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's talking about the religious leadership. And he, when he, they're rebuked, he, he says, don't you know that it is written? that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings shall praise be perfected. And then he goes on, you'll, you'll read, and then you'll turn the page, and he tells them, he pronounces judgment on the, on the temple. 
We know that in 70 AD that Rome came in and destroyed Jerusalem, all of it, destroyed the temple. Why? Prophecy. And judgment on religion. Today, today, that Temple Mount still stands empty, save the Dome of the Rock, third holiest place in Islam, holiest, and the Al-Aqsa Mosque, supposedly, according to, not, not supposedly, it's not supposedly at all, it's not even allegedly, <laughs> it's where Muhammad ascended to heaven from where the Dome of the Rock is today. And it's laid that way. And it's still the most fought over, contentious piece of real estate on the face of the earth. Never mind the country, the land that lies between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea and between Egypt, the Sinai Peninsula, and, and Lebanon. That specific piece of property where that temple stood is still today the most fought over piece of real estate on the face of the earth. I remember 2006 or so. I'd, I'd have to look it up. It was around there. You might remember it. That was then Prime Minister Ariel Sharon simply walked on the Temple Mount. And the man of peace, Yasser Arafat, declared an intifada because Ariel Sharon stepped foot on the Temple Mount, Israel's peace partner. Remember, still in dispute. This is what Paul, this is why Paul always taught about that. This is why the Galatians, y'all remember when I taught Galatians? This is why the letter to the Galatian church was so strong. Because the Judaizers had come in and they were trying to pull people back to temple worship, back to the sacrificial system, back to, back to religion, back to the old way, the old covenant when we have a better covenant based on better promises. And Paul began to, to rebuke them strongly. Peter, he rebuked Peter strongly, apostle to apostle in front of everybody. Because... It was destructive. It was going to destroy the new covenant if it wasn't stopped. And understanding that the temple was about to be gone. Now, what am I telling you all of that for? Laying some groundwork. For one thing, it shows you that anything that man's hand builds, that man's hand can tear down. Was the temple God's idea? Certainly. Certainly it was God's idea. But... He, was never, he said, now we don't worship God in temples made with wood and with stone. He said, now we, he said God doesn't dwell in, in temples made of wood and stone. What's it say? That God dwells in temples, the heart of man. In temples made of flesh. He's been with you. But he shall be in you. Or I'm in him, and he is in me. This is why Paul, this is why the writer says, 
Do you not know? Listen to me, church. Do you not know that you, your body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Look at what was going on in the temple. Look at what Jesus is really speaking to. Sure, he's talking about the physical temple. Sure, he's, calling, he's, trying, to, he's trying to call them back to, to, the, to the real atonement, which is him. Sure, all of that. But he's also speaking to the heart of men that when knowing that he was going to dwell no longer in, the, in, 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 in buildings made of wood and stone, but in the heart of men. And when the heart of man gets on anything other than him, it will become corrupted. Anytime. You know, uh, it makes people real uncomfortable to even talk about some things that are just facts. Historical fact. But the fact of the matter is every time man does that, that even the new covenant was corrupted in the same way in the Middle Ages. By the time that Martin Luther, anybody ever heard of him? By the time that Martin Luther walked up to a, a church in, 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 in Wittenberg, Germany and nailed the thesis to the door, a Christian, a Christian church, by that time, do you know what was going on? The, the papacy, the Pope and Rome and, and, the, and, and, the, and the priesthood of the church. That's all there was. That's all there was. By that time, they were, the, the, they were killing people for such major infractions as translating the Bible into a common language. You know, where you could understand it. Most of the priesthood in the world at that time, had no Bible outside of Latin. And only the highest educated of the priesthood could even read the Latin. And but the vast majority, the vast majority of the, of the so-called priesthood of that age couldn't even read the Bible that was chained on the altar if they wanted to. Because they couldn't read Latin. By that time, so everything that came out came out by dictate of the Pope. And the word of the Pope was honored about the word of God. They didn't, have, they didn't have the word of God. Can you hear me something? They didn't even have the word of God. Anybody that had the, the only place that the word of God was, a, listen, you can, you can say my mama was this, my daddy was that, I came out of this, I'm glad you came out. Because it's a historical fact. It's not a religious dispute. It's not a, uh, it's not a Protestant dispute. I don't even like, I'm not a Protestant I, 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 to the Word of God. You know, Martin Luther never intended to be, to be a protest. Martin Luther never intended for it to be a protest. Martin Luther never intended to leave the Catholic Church. Martin Luther never intended to start anything else. All Martin Luther did <laughs> that, that got him shunned and kicked out and and we won't go through all of it. All he did was find the Word of God and discover that the just shall live by faith. 
Because there was no word, nobody knew it had any truth. I always say, do you know why the Dark Ages were called the Dark Ages? It wasn't because Edison hadn't invented the light bulb. That's not why. It wasn't because he hadn't stolen Tesla's idea. <laughs> it was, that wasn't why the Dark Ages were called the Dark Ages. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Everything was made by Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. And in Him was light. What? Light. In Him was what? Light. In Him was what? Light. And the light was the life of men. He said, I am the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. He said, if you have a light, put it on a candlestick, not under a bushel, so that everybody can see. The light was chained closed in Latin. Literally chained shut. Nobody had it. The Dark Ages are not called the Dark Ages because there wasn't electricity. The Dark Ages are called the Dark Ages because the light of the gospel nearly went out. This, hey, liberal historians hate that fact. People that try to dispute that Christianity's impact on the world hate that fact. Just like they hate the fact that the whole world marks time by Jesus Christ. Whether they like him, hate him or not, it's just a fact. And what was going on? Because there was no word, there was no truth. Very little. Are you with me? You ought to. And when there's no word and the word comes down from the papacy, whatever he says goes. And what was going on was selling indulgences. The religious establishment was piling up silver and gold, getting rich. While the people were starving, literally, they were selling everything they owned. And you know why they were selling everything they owned? Well, for one thing, they sold, in, in some countries, they sold everything they owned so they could build St. Peter's Cathedral. That's one of the reasons. And the other reason was, was to get their family out of purgatory. Can I ask you a question? If you believe in a heavenly place and, a, and an eternal damnation, they taught eternal damnation. They were in control of it. They were in control of who went there. Let me ask you a question in this house. If the one that's dearest to you passed away, and the only light you had, the only, the only thing you had was the word of a priesthood that says, this is how much it's going to cost and how long it's going to cost you. You. How, long it's going to co- how much and how long it's going to cost you for these people to be out of this state of in-between purgatory. How much would you give? everything how long would you give them everything no say it out loud long as it took how much would you give to keep it you have you lost a child you lost your mama you lost and the priest said it's going to cost you 
I said, it's going to cost you 60 grand a year to even have a chance to get them out of purgatory. And for the next 15 years, what would you do? You would starve to death is what you would do. You would. That's all you had. You would starve to death, working yourself until you were killed yourself, trying to make sure your child, your mother, your father, your didn't go to hell. Money changers. Selling the sacrifice. When Jesus came in the first time, it was a reformation. Stop it. Come and buy without price. Look it up for me, Matt. Yeah, look it up for me. It's Isaiah. Come. I'll look it up. I don't mind looking it up right in front of you. Not everything comes off the top of my head word for word. <laughs> Isaiah 55. Messianic prophecy. Oh, let anyone who thirsts come to the waters. By the way, I'll remind you, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I'll remind you of the woman at the well we're fixing to talk about. That she said, he says, give me a drink. He said, if you, woman, if you, knew, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask of me drinking, I would have given you living water. What did he say? I would have given you living water. Giving it to you. You never thirst again. Oh, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Why do you spend wages for what does not satisfy? Listen to me careful and eat what is good. And let your soul delight in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul will live. Why are you going all there? Because we're on our way there again. We're on our way there again. Now, that's probably not a fair statement. We are there again. Every, I, I don't most of the time call them anything different because I kind of like it. All these prosperity pimps. That's what they are. They're pimps. They're prostituting the gospel. Send me and God will do. Listen to me. I don't care who they are. You've got to reject that junk. That's a, that, that is making his house A den of thieves. Thieves. 
The blessings of God are not for sale. The atonement of the reconciliation to God through the, through the blood of Jesus is not for sale. Come and receive without money and without price. People get mad at me all the time. I make people uncomfortable because I say you can't live under that garbage. I don't care if your grandmother lived under that garbage. I don't care if you were raised. I thank God you got out of that garbage. Get it. And if you're in it, get out. Get out. Get out. I'm not just talking about Catholicism, but I'm including it. Get out of it. There's only one, let me help you with a few things. There's only one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. That's the book. There's only one. Not, not, and I'll help you with something else. On this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven. He said, on the, he said you are Peter. Petrus, not Petra. The little pebble. Jesus was the Petra, the rock. The rock upon the confession are you over the Christ, the Son of the living God. And if you, don't, if you want to dispute that with me, let me help you with something else. James was the pastor of the church at Jerusalem. Undeniably, without dispute, not Peter. <laughs> uh oh. Why do you say it? Why do you shake people? Do you just like to stir up controversy? No, you know why? Because there's only one way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes through the Father but through the Son. There's no other way. Hear me, church. There's no other way. It's high time. Somebody had the guts and the backbone to stand up and say, I'm not trying to upset your world. I'm trying to tell you that Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. He's the only answer. He's not an answer. He's the answer. He was driving it out. And you know what? It's, we're living at the closing hours of his return. And I'm telling you, he's going to raise up men and women all over this world that will stand up one more time and say, he's the only way. He's the only way. He's the only way. He's the only way. You can't buy it. You can't purchase it. You can't religion it. You can't indulge it. You can't. No way. It's him. It's him. It's him. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is, what is, the gospel is, the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and then the Greek. For in it, what, the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. 
from faith to faith. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. (laughs) One of these days, St. Peter's Square is going to burn. How do I know? Because heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away. Go read it. If you want to find something to read in the prophecy, he said it's going to burn with a fervent heat. It's going to melt. Church, we got to get over our religious insecurities. And people being mad at us over the truth of the Word of God. You got to get over it. I'm going to offend them. Where are you going to offend them to? Second hell? They're already on their way. Where are you going to shove them to? Where are you going to shove them to? It's a sad day when when the pulpits of America are willing to let people go to hell because they don't want to offend people. God help us. God help us. I got plenty to say about all of us. Not because of me, because of the word. Proverbs 8, let me look at it again. Verse 13, for the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Go read Psalm 119. Spend the next month in it after you read your proverb every day and get in the gospel too. It's going to tell you about the word. It's going to tell you about the word. It's going to be about the word. It's going to be about the word. It's going to be about the word. And David's going to tell you because I know your word, I hate every false way. You know what that means? I hate the Catholic false way. I hate the prosperity pimp false way. I hate the assemblies of God garbage that's going on. I hate every false way. I, I hate the, the, the Southern Baptist false way. You understand in every one of these, there's people that are trying to find truth and they're finding truth. If you, it don't matter what flag you're flying under. Here, let me tell you something. Let me help you unless you're just melting down it doesn't matter what flag you fly under if you don't fly under Jehovah Nisi who is Jehovah Nisi the Lord is my banner the Lord Jehovah the Lord is my banner somebody hear me the Lord Jehovah Nisi the Lord is my banner We used to sing it. When I was a kid, we'd sing, there's a flag flying high over the castle of my heart. You ever sing that? 
You know what that means? Now, I got to admit, they probably pulling a little theology out of the house of Windsor. Because <laughs> you know when the, when the king is in the building or the queen is in the building, that the royal standard, if they're there, the royal standard's flying over the, the building. We used to sing that there's a flag flying high or the castle of my heart. In fact, we were disputing that junk is what we were doing. Or the castle of my heart. Or the castle of my heart. Or there's a flag flying high. Or the castle of my heart. You know what we say? Then the king is in residence here. Fly, raise it high in the sky. Let the whole world know. Let the whole world know. Let the whole world know. Fly it high in the sky. Let the whole world know that the king is in residence here. Yes. <laughs> Position papers are not going to save you. Even if they're theologically correct. Even if they're doctrinally correct down to the last comma. Or King James would say down to the last jot and the last tittle. By the way, he said we're going to give an account for every jot and every tittle. Position papers won't save you. The blood of Jesus will. There's no religious system that's going to set you free. You can talk to the man in the box all you want to. All you do is wasted time that you could have went to the king of kings. All you've done is wasted time and you could have went to the king of kings. Martin Luther was sick of seeing people hopping around on their bloody knees. Spending everything they had trying to get to God. I'm tired of every idol in the pulpit in America and the world today that can't just point you to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Point them to His Word. He was indignant. I'm trying to help somebody. Pastor, you get mad about it sometimes. Yeah, so did he. He said, Jeff, be angry. The he being Jesus. He said, be angry. But sin not. Let me, I, I got a question. I got a question. I've got a question. Lest you think pastor is just high strung. And he is. I got a question. I'm telling you what, you, if, if I can't back it up with the word of God in context. If, 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 I, can't, if I can't put it in where it's absolutely the way God meant it. Then come challenge it. But if it's right and you're mad, repent. And I got news for you. Be angry is not a suggestion. It never occurred to me to just a few minutes ago. You know what that is? 
It's a command. I've been telling you for weeks, you ought to love what God loves. You ought to hate what God hates. You ought to, be, you ought to fall in love with what God falls in love with. And you ought to be angry at what God is angry with. It ought to make you angry that we're losing a generation because people won't preach the gospel. It ought to make you angry that, that people gave away uh, hundreds of millions of dollars so Kenneth Copeland could be a billionaire. That ought to hack you off. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Did it ever... I'm, I'm, I'm giving the Catholics a break. Uh, did it ever occur to you? Did it ever occur to you if they believed what they taught? Send me a thousand and God will send you... How about you send me a million? Send me ten million. You believe that junk? Send me ten... I need some things. Magnificent thing. Send me 10 million and God will give you 100 million. If you believe that garbage. That's right. That's right. Call them out on That's right. That's right. Amen or owe me. Amen. Amen. A thousand times. Trying to get somebody to turn on the light. Turn on the light. Sounds pretty stupid when you put it out there. You know what? That's the third time in church I've said stupid. That's <laughs> kind of upset with me the other day. And I was, but I got to reading over in Proverbs. Y'all reading those Proverbs? Let me see if I can. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. I don't, this is just free. But I was kind of upset with me. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> 12, verse 1. Well, just to make sure it wasn't some modern, uh, modern prostituted version of the gospel, I looked it up in the good old King James. And it says that whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, and he who hates correction is brutish. So I got out my Zoe hotties, and I got out my Strongs, and I got out my Vines, got out my Dake, got out a bunch of stuff. All of them I did. I really did. It's for true. And I said, well, I thought, what in the world does brutish mean? You know what it means? Stupid! Well, I, well, are you going to go there? If you're going to go there, if you're going to go there. You can read Proverbs. If you're going to, you're going to read Proverbs in the King James, you're going to find out about a whoring woman. <laughs> I'm not being ugly. You asked. Now y'all can't get mad at me about what the King James says. Well, I got a friend that every time he preaches King James, you're fixed to hear something. No, I ain't kidding. Because if he uses the King James, there's a reason for it. Because it says it just exactly the way he wanted to say it. Yeah. 
Do you know people get mad at you for that? They want to be King James only until it's stuff like that. Then they're like, Pastor, you can't talk that way. I got I'm just trying to help somebody. As long as we're dealing with religious spirit, we might well deal with all of them. I'm not talking about, I I hate this junk with people being, what do you you call it? Uh, um, uh, Edgy. Got preachers cussing in the pulpit so they can be cool. Edgy. I'm not talking about that junk. I'm talking about if you're going to be King James only, be King James only. Because I can tell when the religious spirit comes out. Because I had a preacher back home that he was King James only. I mean, it was King James only. But when he would read about donkeys, they were donkeys. Because exactly he wasn't going to say that word. Am I right, Darren? Darren's wanting to kill me right now. No, really. I ain't even being funny. Which is it? Which is it? Which is it? is it it either is or it isn't so quit being silly and read the book yeah Hmm. no charge that was it that was free tell them worship team tell them security team people to shut up Tell him, tell him, Pastor said. Tell him, Pastor said to shut up. <laughs> Brutish. Brutish. We love them, right? Most of them. I'm bringing you good stuff. Well. Y'all, the religion's got to die. The religion's got to die. It really does. Every time you get away from this book and the religious system turns into something other than the just shall live by faith, other than that I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but with the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, for I've determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. To the Jew, a stumbling block. To the Gentile, to the Greek, foolishness. God could have put you in anywhere in time he wanted to put you. He could have. But he put you at the closing hours of the church age. That's where he put you. I don't believe he does anything 
haphazardly? Anything willy-nilly? I think he does. Well, I don't think he does. I know he does. He does what he does deliberately. He didn't even bring you to Mag by accident. He put the church, he put us here in these closing hours to reach the world. To some, it'll be the globe. To some, it'll be your world, everybody, your world. Go out and the world preach the gospel. Your world, that's why you're here. Let me help you with something. Even down to this local body, of believers. I've told you before, I'll tell you again. He called me to Southeast Texas, or I wouldn't have came. You couldn't have served me up this mess on a platter with a million dollars if he hadn't called me when I got here. I didn't mean that's just true. I'll tell you, I'm not picking. I'm telling you that every preacher friend I got that had any guts told me I was crazy. The rest of them told me I was, they thought I was crazy two years later, but it was working out all right. Yeah. That's the truth. They, nobody takes, takes what was going on here on purpose. I'm not trying to open old wounds. It's just true. What am I trying to tell you? I'm, trying, I'm, I'm here for a reason. And it isn't because I, I, I like it to be 147 degrees at 200% humidity all the time. I could have went to Michigan. <laughs> but he didn't call me to 47 below with 16 feet of snow for six months out of the year either. That's why I say you'd, you'd have, you couldn't blow me out of here with a stick of dynamite. Because there's some things you know. Sometimes There's some things you, you, you think you know. You know that? There's some things you think you know. Well, spiritually, then things you sometimes things you know, and there's some things you know that you know that you know. I want to tell you when we you hauled down here, I knew that I knew that I knew, and I still know that I know that I know. I mean, I'm telling you, if you ran me off, you're gonna to have to run me off of of the of the state easement at the driveway. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. There's not. We got people every once in a while will go out there when we have school there and say, we're on the median, they, we're, on the, we're on the easement, there ain't nothing you can do about it. Sometimes they tell you that. And I say, you're exactly right. Just know that several armed people have got their eye on you until you leave. See, what are you talking about? Nothing's random. And I'm telling you, I was, I, I don't mind telling you, I was called to Southeast Texas. And I know that I know that I know it. 
And there's some people, and he called here to touch this area. And we're going to. We are. We already are. And we're going to. But let me help you with some things. Because I preach some stuff, and you know it. And it's never to be. In fact, I think, man, I wish I'd. You know, I think half the time he gave me this ability or inability or whatever it is, this whatever it is I do to just come up here without nothing more than a sticky note. Because I knew if I wrote all that stuff down that I'd never say it. No, you don't understand. I'm telling you. Uh-oh. What's going on? Oh. Misty, where are you? Misty Sunday got stung three times on stage. Did y'all know that? Four. Four, three, whatever. She did real good. Uh, let me tell you, if Heather got stung three times on stage, we'd have had a Jericho march and a shout down. And, <laughs> and, and, we'd have had 47 people got saved before we realized she just had a red wasp up her dress. <laughs> If y'all don't believe that, I got a little snake video y'all need to see. <laughs> We're right here. We're here to touch, to reach, not just touch. We're here to reach. The lost. We had to drag people out of religion and bring them back to the Word of God. I, I, I absolutely am 150% sold on that God's going to do, is, He's already doing, but He's going to do more than, I mean, I don't think we can wrap our mind around it. But knowing that there's going to be people, there's people has already came and they stay. There's going to be people, we, we pray for God to raise up ministers and ministries out of Mag Church. There's going to be some people that come and go. And there's going to be still other people that come and split. <laughs> go. Bye. They don't, they ain't having none of that. And there's, Matt, I don't know what the percentage would be. There's going to be some people that come one time and never show back up again unless they get saved. And that one time was their last shot. How much do I believe that? Everything in me. Everything in me. With everything in me. That's why I said we don't have time for a dead service. That's why I get up on That's why we, we draw lines in the sand. So it's not so we can be confrontational. It's so we can say this is what we're going to do. By the way, I read in this book where it says this is the way. Walk in it. This is, this is the way. Walk in it. You know what that makes it? Scriptural. This is the way. Walk in it. Hello. It's why we preach what needs to be preached. Say what needs to be said. Throw the lifeline. Because it's the truth that sets people free. I have never heard one person, not one, 
that come out from under some dead, wet blanket of religion. And I, I can lay a lot of titles out there. I've never met one yet that come out from under some, some oppressive, dead, wet blanket of religion that didn't rejoice that they got set free. Not one. Not one. Not one. Not one. That wasn't rejoicing that they got set free. Because I'm going to tell you something. Lest y'all think that I'm blind. Religion comes in a lot of labels. Dead religion. I'm, talking about, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and Buddhists. And I'm, not, I'm talking about things that call themselves Christian. When they get out from under it. They never go back. They never go back. They never go back to dead religion. On his way. He said, hey, it's me. I'm here. And he went up into his father's house and looked at what they were doing. It says, and when... Scott, it wasn't a fit of anger. He was angry. Hear me. He was angry, but it wasn't a fit of anger. He didn't lose. I mean, this is, this is, this is the perfect fulfillment of the word. So fruit of the Spirit was 100%. Which means long-suffering. And patience. All self-control, temperance, was all, he was well under control. It wasn't a fit of rage. How do I know? Well, one thing, I know who he is. But so, look, 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 do y'all read the words? The words of the word? When he had made a whip of cords. He didn't run down the street. and He didn't jerk one out of somebody's hand. Give me your whip. There might have been some there. That was full of, it was full of oxen and sheep. And it says when. You know what that means? Not until. Not spur of the moment. When he had. How long did it take? I don't know. He was a carpenter, not a basket weaver. When he had. I told you I want to. I could tell you who it was, but I don't want you reading this book if you looked him up. He said, Preacher, they said to him, Preacher, that doesn't sound like love to me. It's Jesus. This is Jesus. It's Jesus. Preacher, that doesn't sound like love to me. Fashioned the whip and beat him out of the temple. It's a little bit funny, but he says, I, I think he loved every minute of it. But you know what? It, no, it was love. Because if they continued under this mess, I'm trying to get you under. If you, if you continue under the false way, under the mess, They all die separated from God. End of story. 
There's very few acts of love in the entirety of the Word of God any more pure than Jesus driving the money changers out of the temple. Very few. People that'll walk with Jesus love deeply enough to risk everything to give them the truth. Everything. Everything. No great. That's not just the pastor. Y'all get tired of hearing me say the pastor is not here to win everybody in this area. The pastor is here to equip you to win everybody in your circle. I want, you know how long I'm going to say that? Until it takes root. Until somebody starts showing up beside you that you won. Boy, that, that puts a lot of pressure. I'll remind, I didn't put that, I'm not putting that, that's the word. We're supposed to equip people to do the work of the gospel. To raise up your eyes and look on the fields that are already white under harvest. In this world we're living in right now, that I, I, I don't even think about it right now. I, I'm seeing stuff. I'm watching this stuff. I'm, can y'all believe how quiet I've been on the stuff? I'm quiet on the stuff. I'm watching the stuff. Days that you don't recognize are coming. Well, they're already, they've, they've been, but I'm talking about, they, you don't. Mm-mm. And none of the stuff is going to matter. Being ready is all that'll matter. Mag Church, you're being equipped. It don't matter what the false way is. It doesn't matter what the false way is. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Jesus. Stand with me all over this house. Church, would you ask him to use you? Would you ask him, don't you, don't, don't you dare breathe a prayer of use me if you, don't, if you don't want to be used. But if you breathe that prayer of 
use me. Can we make prayer too complicated? You know, I told you the other day, God help me. Jesus help me. You know what? He hears that. And he will. I can tell you one thing for a fact. You start seeking God to use you to reach people, use me. I promise you. Probably immediately, likely immediately, that he will give you the opportunity. Ask him. If you mean if you're if, if you ask him to use you and you're not going to walk through the open door of opportunity, you better consider what you're doing. When, when God gives you somebody in your path the opportunity, that may be their last hope. We're not talking about you, we're talking about them. You have the key. You have the truth. You have the Spirit of God. You have the answer. Jesus is the answer. You have the answer. God, cross this place. Would you add? God, use me. God, use me. Church, it doesn't have to be shouting complicated praying tonight. Just ask Him. God, I'm not even going to ask it. Just, God, use me. Use me. Use me in my home. Use me at my job. Use me at Walmart. Use me at the convenience store. Use me at the gas station. Use me at the grocery store. Use me at the restaurant. God, just use me. When the opportunity presents itself, give me the boldness to give them the gospel, to give them the truth. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at me, church. When you have God to use you, give them the gospel. Don't give them Mauriceville All Gospel Church. Give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. Do we want them in a church that will teach them truth? Sure we do. Sure we do. But give them Jesus. Don't give them the assemblies of God. God forbid. In our best day. In our best day. God forbid. Give them Jesus. Jesus.